Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. And like I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode is going to take you behind the scenes to not only the fabric of the year, I forgot what year it came out. I'm going to say 2021. I don't think that's right. But anyway, the fabric of the year, pretend it was 2021. It could be 2020. It could be 2019. You're about to find out because I know you have seen this fabric. If you are a follower of Black Women's Stitch, you know that there are some things that I have and feel very strongly about. One of them is bananas. I feel very strongly against them. The second thing I feel very strongly about is my love of Black people doing Black things to help Black people find their joy and their bliss. And if I can find that in a fabric, so much the better. And that fabric for me was Black Magic Leopard. It is the fabric that looks like leopard from a distance, but when you get close up on it, it looks like us with our hair in its natural state. We are joined today by the creators, the dynamic duo that created this fabric. Quinora Renee Irvin and Janine LaCour, welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. Yay! Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretending I know how to do sound effects. I don't. So one of the things I wanted to share just to begin, and if you are on the Patreon, you get to see the beautiful us. And you also get to see... This amazing picture. Now, y'all, this is a picture that I took. We were coming back from the trip we took in February of 2023 to QuiltCon in Atlanta. And we collaborated with Amtrak and it was a wonderful experience. But part of my goal, and I think Naomi had a similar one, this Naomi P. Johnson pictured here. And I forgot what his role was, but he works on the train. He's been working on the train for 25 years, believe it or not. He was really nice. We had a sleeper car. He was our attendant and we just got along swimmingly. And so we took this picture, the three of us together when we got back. I'm getting off here in Charlottesville. So we're both wearing, as you can tell, the Brooklyn Romper. This is a really great piece. I recommend this a lot for spring, especially. It's a really great in-between piece. Ideally, I was wearing quilting cottons because we'd had a quilting cotton sew along to kind of show garment sewers how easy it is to work with quilting cottons. So I had some Rashida Coleman-Hale and Jen Hewitt and E. Bond and Janine LaCour. I was like, oh, this is so great. We're both wearing, you know, black designers because Naomi, you've got the Quinoa Renee and I've got the Janine LaCour. Come to find out, they're both Janine LaCour. <laughs> Come to find out, they are both Janine LaCours. So, yeah, I just absolutely had to share that picture with y'all. But this was a really great time. And of course, when you wear these pieces, we get so many compliments. But I just wanted to, again, welcome you all and celebrate you for being here and to thank you for the beauty that is Black Magic Leopard. Thank you. Now, Quinora, let's start with you. I was so excited to see you shared a bit about where Black Magic Leopard came from. And it was because you were in Target. Yeah, in Target. You know, Target is my jam. 
And this was pre the panorama. So just took my glasses off and I was cleaning my glasses. And we were living in Kansas City at the time. And the kids in the women's section is up front. So I was just cleaning my glasses, took my glasses off, cleaning them. And I look up and I thought I saw almost like black women polka dots, like, you know, black women polka dot type. And my glasses back on. Because I was excited. I was like, oh, I'm about to buy this for Kristen right now. We about to have mommy and me. We about to do something. And it was some regular left print. <laughs> just regular left print. Regular regular. Yeah, just regular left print and special. You know, I hadn't even thought about making or trying to make it into a fabric until later on at night. I was telling Chris about it. And he was like, well, you have a fabric company. Why don't you just make it? And I was like, oh, it's just that simple. What? Just make it. And I love how Chris is like, What'd you got the fabric company for then? Like, why wouldn't you do such a thing? What? Like, why do you have a fabric business if you don't like make fabric you dream of? Right. Just make it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? So I first started trying to draw it myself. And what was your first attempts? Like, did you try with chalk? Did you try with pencil? What were your attempts like? First, I tried on paper. Because I was like, let me try it on paper first. That way I can kind of see what I see in my mind. Like, in my mind, I see it. But on paper, they weren't in the same book. And then a child was like, well, let me try my iPad. Because, you know, they make digital art look just so easy. And the creation, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Y'all, when I say it was so horrible, it just wasn't working at all. I'm sensing this beautiful wave here, right? Like this really, really excited to have this great idea because it's needed. You saw it. You saw it. You saw the vision in your mind. And then you sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and you try to make it come to life. And it's like, that's not what I saw. That's not what I saw. And then you go to digital because I too have been fooled by those reels and those TikToks that make it look like all the person has to do is like wave their hand like this from left to right. And then this art pops out underneath it. And I'm like, I know how to move my hand from left to right. I can do it too. And then you get on there and it's like, now your feelings are hurt and you are a bit demoralized because you saw that you really cannot do just move your hand left to right. And so you're in this frustration point or did you still believe it was possible? So after you realized that you couldn't do it, what did you do after you got past that limitation and said, okay, it's not a limitation anymore. It's going to be an opportunity. I was definitely frustrated. I was mad because I was like, I can do this. I can do this. But no. I had to realize there's some things I'm good at. You can do a lot of things. And that's the hard part too, right? You are good at lots of things. You are a kick-ass accountant and business person and creative generally. You sew prom dresses. You sew for little kids. You sew for adults. You can line a bodice with boning inside. I mean, these are difficult things to do and you can do them. You can put in a buttonhole without having a buttonhole feature on your machine. I know you did that because you told me so. Selena's like, wait a minute, what now? (laughs) How long it took me in school, fashion design school, to master a buttonhole, (laughs) even with all the things. Till now, I'll see something that has a buttonhole on it, and I'm like, nope, not thinking that. No. <laughs> Listen, Janine says, I got you. I got you. Cam snaps. There's a whole episode. I have turned almost every button project into cam snaps. And when I tell you my family freaking loves cam snaps, I don't think anybody wants to go back to buttons. But I say all that to say that Quinora is used to sitting down and working hard and staying up until three, four, seven o'clock in the morning until she figures out how to do something. And so... I'm just grateful that we have the fabric and that Quinor was just like, you know what? Fuck it. 
forget it. Nobody getting nothing. Nobody's getting no fabric. If I can't figure out how to draw it, it's just not going to happen. But you did it. You did a great job. So you get past the frustration and then you say, even I have boundaries. Yes. Yes. I was frustrated. And then I had to realize creativity is in the steps. I mean, you can't just wake up one day and be great, but that's not the norm. You have to work at it. And so I had to be real with myself and be like, Norm, you can't go from drawing stick people to doing a whole masterpiece in two weeks. Like, that's not realistic for me. Yes, for me either. Quinora and I, you might imagine, are rather similar personalities. We share some commonalities. I'm proud to say, I'm proud to say, Janine and I, everybody on this screen shares some commonalities. We are high achieving creatives who have had good success and track records which sometimes causes us to do more than we should. It's not that we can't. We can. We can. But we don't have to. That's the wisdom I'm practicing. And that's the wisdom that brought us back Black Magic Leopard Quinora. So you got frustrated, but you got past the frustration. And so how do you take that next step? So when I started the business, I had a list of artists I wanted to work with. So basically, I started Googling I went on Spoolfly's website. I started going on Instagram, searching hashtags like Black Seamless Designer or Pattern Designer. But when I first started it, probably like a few months before that. So I had this list of Black artists that I wanted to work with. And so they were like, I want to work with these people list. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just about to go to my list because at the time I felt like my business wasn't established enough to work with these artists. But I was like, I'm just not to take a leap of faith and reach out to one of these artists. And so you were one of the ones on that list. And so I was like, I'm about to send my little, you know, when you send an email and you're nervous. Yes. All the time. <laughs> Even responding to somebody's email, I get nervous. I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. So it was that for me because I want to say you had just released something. So I was like, man, I don't know. I'm not a big name. You know, it's just blow me. So, you know, I'm like, OK, I'm just going to type the email. And I attached pictures of different leopard print so that way she could kind of hopefully get what I was trying to say. And I tried to, you know, put brain dump into the email. And so I went to her website. I did the contact me form and I just put it all out there and boom, hit send. And I was just like, go see. The slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. And now we're bringing it to you in a new way. The Stitch is a newsletter from Black Women's Stitch, and I am delighted to tell you about it. What do you get when you sign up for the Black Women's Stitch newsletter? You get to hear what's happening with Black Women's Stitch in the Stitch Please podcast. Events that we've had, events that are coming up, contests for prizes, live shows, social media meetups, IRL meetups, episodes of the podcast that you might have missed, as well as opportunities to learn and sew in community with other Black makers across the country and across the world. You'll learn also about some actual stitches. We will help you get your stitch together with continuing education 
for your sewing life. Oh my goodness, y'all, I am so excited for this newsletter. It's always things I want to tell you, you know, but how? Well, now we have The Stitch. Sign up using the link in the show notes or on our website. We look forward to helping you get your stitch together soon. And so, Janine, you're sitting at home or, you know, someplace fun, minding your own business and checking your contact form. So you're right there managing the animals in your life who love you very much. And this email comes in from the contact form. Do you remember the subject line, Quinora? Can you remember the subject line of that email that you sent to her? It was very basic. It was just like commission inquiries. It sounded professional. It always amazes me because everybody is all trying to sound professional. But what does that mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> I do it too. I'm like, thank you for reaching out or thank you for your inquiry. And like, there's all these things. Exactly what I want to like, say. Hey, so I have this idea. That's what I really want to say. But we yeah. want to, you know, put it in nicer professional terms. Because <laughs> like I'm hearing this for the first time. I don't ever know what people are thinking when they reach out to me. I'm always so grateful when people reach out for me because even if it's something that I'm like, I can tell that it's not a fit, that's still an opportunity. You know what? This is a fit for me right now, but if you have something like that's along these lines, maybe Down the this line. An email is always great because it's like, hey, because if they're not coming in, then what is happening? What do I need to change? Hearing it and just hearing like, oh, okay, I was on a list. I didn't know. Like, I never really know who is going to contact me or what that next project is. And generally speaking, I don't look at a business and I don't look at them and go, well, beneath a sort, I don't have like a level. Mm. It's really based off of how we are interacting with each other on the emails. I remember your email being very thorough, which is something that I really appreciate. This is what I'm looking for. I know this sounds weird, but do you think this could work? And I'm like, that does not sound weird. And yeah, it can work. I do leopard prints all the time. And so they're just things that you as a service pattern designer have to do animal prints. Somebody's going to want an mm. animal print. Design. And yes, sometimes they're like, we would like something that looks more traditional. But what I like to do is I always like to make them kind of have like funkier colors or different shapes or try to add different texture through the Illustrator program to get them so that it's like more engaging and people want to sort of be like, well, that's different. That's a leopard print, but that's not what I would think of as a standard leopard print. And I think that when the idea came across, I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. I could see it quicker than like, I don't always get them very quickly, but I saw this one pretty quickly. And it just became a matter about how do I take the standard shapes, me understanding different hairstyles and textured hair, and how do I use particular ones to translate this overall look? And so I feel like it came together very fast. I'm not exactly sure, but I feel like I had the design nailed pretty quickly. <laughs> it was a good idea. I don't even remember if there was even like a revision or anything. I definitely remember when I got the pattern, like the draft, <laughs> and I was like, she's in my head. <laughs> I literally was like because <laughs> it's always so nerve-wracking like trying to make sure you communicate so much to where they understand what you see but not so much to where you fit where the artist feels like they're limited in what they create yes if I could say to anybody who's contacting an artist have a vision in your head that is clear 
and what you're sort of looking for. If you need to have like images to kind of say like, this is like a style, but not like this directly, but just think about these sort of things. And then generally speaking, sometimes it just works. Sometimes it's just that easy. It seems too easy too. Like there, I remember thinking mm. this seemed easy when I'm like, I've never thought about it. I've never had this idea at all, but it was there. It like presented itself very quickly. I was like, well, all of it work. Will it translate? Will people be able to understand what it is? Because if you're looking at each individual one, like I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, oh yeah, it still feels from a distance like a leopard print. The second you get up next to it, you see like what his face is, you see hairstyles. And it just worked. It worked really well. So I would tell people, don't be afraid to contact artists. Have an idea in your mind of what you want. Like you're just saying, let us sort of breathe a little bit with it. And it can grow from that. As crazy as it seems sometimes, it works. What I see in what you're saying is... It feels, again, very organic. It feels very much like the engagement that you just mentioned. When I look at this print, even looking at it now, there's so much character in the design. I feel that there's depth. I feel like there is diversity. And it really is very intriguing to look at. And so I just find it such a special piece Because it reflects this process that you're describing, but it also represents, I think, this beautiful collaboration and the enthusiastic response. Just me looking at this right now, I'm looking at, okay, oh yeah, that's the one I call Frederick Douglass. That's the head, this person. No, seriously, see his hair right here. I know exactly which one. I know you know that's Frederick Douglass. Because I literally did it and I said, did I just make Frederick Douglass? This is the Frederick Douglass Pro. I did this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. When I was looking at leopard print, that would be like two, a large like circle and a small circle sort of like blending together, which you see on those patterns. So I was just like, oh, I'll just kind of add some more texture to it to make it look like the hair. But it definitely was a series of giggling while doing it. Because I was like, I'm trying to think of all the hairstyles that I could do. Do you have a favorite dot? Do either of you all have a favorite? For me, obviously, it's the Frederick Douglass one. So I do like this one. I consider this one of my Busta Rhymes one or Thugnificent ones with the two puffs. But do you all have favorites? I think I'm going to claim Frederick Douglass as my favorite. I think I like the puff puffs. Yeah, the puff puffs have always been like my favorite. And usually I keep my hair up most of the time. It's only out and free whenever I have to leave the house. It's in twists or it's up. But I like the puff puffs. That reminds me the most of me as a kid. And I think I made it like kind of small too. For that reason, I was like, I like this one. This one should be a little bit tinier, not as pronounced. And then the other one, which I refer to as poodle, because it's got like the longer hair. Yeah. I'm glad that everyone sees these things because I think that I'm just entertaining myself. It's quiet in the room a lot of times when I'm working and I'm trying to keep safe. It's like, okay, first we'll do Fred. Okay, Fred, that's great. Nicely done. Now let's go on to the poodle. Let's go back to baby Janine. Good job there, baby Janine. And Quinora, you're a fan of the puffs as well. Or did you have a different favorite? No, I really love the puffs because it reminded me, like she said, of my childhood. It also reminded me of Kristen because, you know, that was her go-to style was the two little puffs. So, yeah, that's my go-to. It is absolutely amazing. 
And even the way they're floating together, it seems like they are in this beautiful suspended animation. It's like it really does feel like I'm looking at a community. I'm looking at a group of people who have affinity and relation with one another. You know, it really does seem to me like between the diversity, the skin colors are different. Their hairstyles are different. Like some of the textures seem a little different from the other. The detail really pays off. Yeah. And I think that comes from the fact of having, like I said, I do a lot of leopard print, cheetah prints. And when you look at these things for a long time, like an actual leopard print or a cheetah print, you will see the variations that are there, they may appear very flat, but they're not. There's a lot of different colors. You think, oh, it's just black and maybe like a couple of different tan colors, but it's not. And so to make them sort of effectively, you kind of have to stare at it. And then knowing that this was going to be sort of black hairstyles and an homage to it, I was like, it should have different skin tones. That should be reflected in that because the spots are different. And so skin tones are different. And I just think it all worked out. I can't stress how much this is like, oh, wow, it really did work out. It did. And one of the things that you just mentioned, I don't even think that was something that I put in the original inquiry or, you know, email to her about it being different skin tones. But when you work with Black and people of color artists, it's something that they are already cognizant of. They already want to do that. It's already something that's in the forefront of their mind. And I've just noticed yes. just in talking with other artists, like that's something I have to say to certain other people. But I don't even think I had to say that. And that was something that, like you said, it was just so organic in her knowing kind of what was in my head and also the things that she wanted to put forward in the design. I just think that like as artists, we know a certain set of things that we definitely want to have there or that we know are true. Well, this is a true thing. If you're going to do people there's so many different skin tones and that's more opportunity for just color in a design. So that should always be kind of the goal. The standard should just be, oh, if we're doing people, there's a variety of skin tones. There's not just, you know, standard, this is a brown, this is like a lighter, creamier color. But, you know, those aren't exact skin tones. I used colors that were under the color codes for like different skin tones. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll put these in and then see which ones work. And I definitely think it adds depth, which is what you need with a design like this, because it does appear very simple. And then when I look at it, it isn't that difficult for me to put together, but it needs to have something that elevates it slightly. And so you have the simple shapes but they're elevated by the depth of the different colors that are used. The back stitch is a reinforcing stitch, sewn by hand or stitched by machine. The back stitch is a return with a purpose. On the Stitch Please podcast, our new Backstitch series will recall early and or favorite episodes of the podcast. And the best news? It's hosted by you. Yes, you. Thank you, you. Do you have a favorite Stitch Please podcast episode? Let us know by leaving a voice memo on our website. Five minutes max. Let us know what episodes you love and why other people will love it too. And if we use your message on the show, you will receive an honoraria. So remember, the backstitch makes us seem stronger. Leave us a message. 
so that your contribution can make the Stitch Please podcast that much stronger. You can find the link at the blackwomenstitch.org website or just click on it in the show notes for this episode. And even some of the shapes of the faces are a little different too. Some of them are profile, some of them are a little bit more side, some of them are a little off. I still wanted them to look like faces, not just circles or ovals. I still wanted there to be some sort of movement. But again, I can't remember if I really thought about it a whole lot because I was still sort of being like, I hope this is what Quinora had in mind. I hope this is what she was looking for. So Mm. I was still being like, it's me working it out. And by the time I sent it, because I was like, well, this seems like really quick. I was so happy to like get the response. Yes, that's it. That's it. And how often does that happen? The first draft is the only draft. It's like, no, 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 that's it. That's it. This is it. This is perfect. Yeah. But it does happen. I ask repeatedly, are you sure? Are you sure? No, tell me, (laughs) like, girl, are you sure? Think about it. Don't say yes right away. I'm really also excited, Quinora, if you could share a little bit about the response to the fabric. You know, I couldn't even imagine, honestly. I was so worried about how it would be received until I really stepped into the creative world of sewing and doing stuff for other people. I never really got the Erica Badu, I'm sensitive about my shit because being from logical, you know, accounting, it's the black and the white. You do gray, you're going to jail. It's right or wrong. You know, it's right or wrong. You do gray. (laughs) It's very black and white. I don't have to worry about, I don't want to say people's feelings, but I don't have to worry about the response because it's a right and a wrong way. But when it comes to creativity and artistry and putting it out there, you really are putting a piece of yourself out there. And so I was super nervous for this one. And that's why the Stripe team that I had, that's why I asked y'all, Black Women Stitch, to be a part of the Stripe team. I knew y'all would give me honest feedback and be like, no, no, this ain't it. Or yes, this is it. And I was really, really blown away by the positive response and continued response. I really thought this was like, okay, I put it out and this was in 2020. And that was the other thing that made me nervous. It was during the pandemic. I think I had pre-order like in October of 2020-ish. Nope, couldn't have been October because we moved. It was in 2020, I know that for sure. So I was really nervous also about that because, you know, even if people would have wanted to support with the pandemic, there's so many things that come into play. So it was the initial response and also the continued response. I'm still blown away, blown away when people are like, um, when are you bringing it back? And I'm like, I kind of thought I would just offer it and it'd be just done. And people are like, no, no. The answer to that is clearly no, because there is a strong need for me hearing about the connection, the creative connection that you two made. And then Janine, like really saying, I want to make sure this is Quinora's vision and that I'm executing this and that you were able to do it because it clicked. You just got it. And all of the things that Quinora didn't even brief you on because she was writing to another Black woman, she didn't have to brief you on Black people are different colors from each other. Like, these are things that you don't have to be told, right? So it just feels like it was really meant to be. And even me, like, as just as a consumer and a Quinora Renee fan, am blown away. The impact that this fabric has had, I don't believe can be underestimated. I think that there has long been a need for some equity around who gets represented on fabrics, just like who gets represented anywhere. 
And many of us who've been sewing have had experience of going through the fabric store and seeing like a little brown thing on a piece of fabric. And you're like, oh, yes. Oh, this is great. My little brown baby is going to have a little shirt that I'm going to make with other little brown babies on it. And it's not a brown baby. It's a bear or it's a dog or it's some other animal that is not a child. Or it's like, oh, look at all these fabrics with little kids on them. And there is one black kid out of four or out of seven. That's not a good ratio for me. So to have this and to have it be so bold and upfront and in your face, but also subtle at the same time, I think that that's what I love about it. It's that optical illusion of it all. I love people saying, oh, I love leopard print. And then I go closer and say, it's not leopard. It's black magic leopard. People just, they get wowed by it. They get wowed. They really get wowed by it. Quinora, do you have any stories just about the fandom that this fabric has generated? People always think that they see it, even though they don't see it. I'll get DMs of someone. They'll be like, hey, so-and-so had your fabric on. And I'll go, you know, and they'll send me, you know, the reel or whatever it is. And it's normal leopard print. And I'm like, hey, thanks for looking out. But that's not it. I get a couple of those tags every once in a while, but definitely anytime someone makes something with the fabric, it's like a new, almost like wave of people to say, where did you get this from? I want it now. I mean, it's kind of almost made me rethink my business model because I primarily do pre-orders. I only get this certain amount and that's it. You know, it's more of an exclusive. This is it. Because when, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. You just had her on the podcast this week. Jamie Black. Yes. When she made the boots. That brought a wave of people saying, hey, I want to order. And I'm like, I don't have it. I'm sorry. It's been a good and positive response overall. If anything, it's more in demand than I can ever supply. And we love that. We absolutely love that. I love that you model it. I love that there's such a robust still. People are asking me, like, I'm holding back. And I'm like, first of all, you can't have mine. So you don't have to worry about that. And second of all, please get on her newsletter. You know, follow Quinora on Instagram. She always says when the fabric is going to be here. And I am always telling people, I'm trying to repost it in my stories and stuff because y'all not going to get mad at me when you see me with my great outfits and then wondering where did you get that fabric and you know where I got it from and you know there's none left. So stop. I want to wrap up this really great conversation by again, thanking you both. I am so happy that you were able to talk today. And really, Quinora, when I saw your story and I saw Janine commenting and I'm like, that's the Janine that I know. I know that Janine. Can that really be the Janine that I know? Could Quinora know the same Janine that I know, who's also a surface pattern designer and who I did an entire podcast episode with in Atlanta to feature her fabric and stuff and Quinora kind of knew I was doing that, but didn't know that I was talking to this Janine. Like all of this, I'm pretty sure I did not tell you, Quinora, that I'm talking to somebody. She's in Atlanta and her name is Janine LaCour because I chose Janine because Janine was in Atlanta and her work was amazing. It was just a total coincidence. I have always put that Janine was the designer for this fabric. (laughs) I'm not saying you're withholding. Yeah. When was the beginning again? 
That's great because a lot of people, I mean, I get like, it's a 50-50 split sometimes. I even have worked with companies that are large and there's no mention of who supplied this art for it because that's not the contract that I was in with them. You know, they just bought the print for me so that they can pad out their collection with it. So I always appreciate it so much because it does bring more people in. And that's also why I think like working with different brands, you know, as long as I feel like we're working well together, I can understand what they're looking for and they can understand what my range is. I can't do all the things. I wish I could, but I can't. You know, I have a skill set and it's there. And if you look at my artwork, you can kind of see what it is. But I would say that it's amazing because I still get it when I see somebody post it and they'll tag me in it or like with the real, I got so excited because I was like, oh, look, there it is. And that's the story behind it because I had some of the story, but now I have an even clearer thing of the story and I can see it just to see how people react to it. Because I didn't know that it was as popular. I was like, wow, this is something that either I wasn't paying attention on social media to it, or I just was like, it didn't show up on my range of like, wow, that's doing really well. And it was such a fun print to make that it's probably it too. It was fun. It was easy. I was like, well, this is great. So I'm not necessarily, I'm remembering that part of it, but just seeing what everybody makes from it. I like as an artist doing, creating my own artwork, coming up with ideas and bringing visions that I want to see out there and stuff like that. But I really do love working with other artists, other visionaries, other designers, because that's a fresh approach, a fresh idea, something new that I hadn't thought about. I'm like, ooh, I haven't thought about this. Let's see if we can do this. Like, this will be a fun thing to keep my creativity up. So I love it because then it has another life. And then I go, I get to see people make from it. And I'm like, I wouldn't have thought about that. I would not have thought about bras and various, like, the bras are gorgeous. When I saw, I was like, I never thought. (laughs) I mean, bras, underpants, corsets, so many things. But it makes sense. It all makes sense. It's like, of course, of course it would be used for this. Of course, people would want to see it. Like, now I know there's boots out there. (laughs) This is amazing just to see the life and the creativity that I did and then the art and then somebody else going off and doing something else with it. That's why I do it. You know, that's what I want to see. Otherwise, why would I be putting this stuff out in the world if I didn't want it to go on and make people happy, to make people have a conversation about things, to sort of open up the ideas and concepts of what something can be? Because I think that's a hard thing. I think people go, well, a flower is this color. And you're like, nope, it can be whatever color you want it to be. There's nothing that stops. There's only your ability to see past the little box that you've already been told this is what it is. I love that. And I hope that that's what I try to do. And I hope that people appreciate that. Because whenever you're having those days and you're just like, I don't know, can I do it? Is it even reaching people? And then you'll get a tag and you'll be like, yeah, it is for this because this is what I want to do. But I'm also doing it because of these other reasons. This collaboration clearly feels to me like a sign from the universe that these things align so beautifully because of you as two unique and irrepeatable people, but also because you came together under this shared mantle to give something to the Black creative community. For me, I consider the Black Magic Leopard fabric a gift. 
I consider it a gift of a fabric. It is so unique. It is not something that had ever been done before, but it's also so warm and so generative and rich. And it really is a gift. It's a gift that we can recreate to meet our own needs. And so that's why you have people making stuff out of it again and again and again and again. And it doesn't seem like it's being repeated. It seems like it's being extended. And that is what I love, being an extension of what you all have already started, which was so beautiful. I'm going to ask you the question we ask everybody on the last part of the podcast, that the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. So I'm going to ask you both. I'm going to ask Quinora first because maybe she knew I was going to ask the question. So maybe she's been thinking about it. I don't know. I just chose that. So Quinora, you, now Janine, you get some extra time. What is your recommendation or your advice to help us get our stitch together? Honestly, I would just say enjoy the process. Enjoy where you are now. Don't try to put the cart before the horse. Like my mommy used to say, enjoy being a beginner, an advanced beginner, wherever you are. Enjoy where you are. I think sometimes we look to where we want to be with such anticipation of, oh, I want to get to point B, C, D, but just enjoy where you are and it will make the journey so much more fulfilling. It really will. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Janine, how about you? How would you tell us to get our stitch together? I remember you asked me this at QuillCon and I went, what? <laughs> had a good answer. I don't remember what I said. I blanked out that whole entire conversation. I was like, what happened? It happened, but it was all gone. So I don't know what I said. (laughs) But what I would say is that I think it's important if you have to reach out to people. I would say that you have to take that leap of faith. You have to take that awkwardness that you're going to feel being like, hi, you don't know me, but I like your work or I have a question about something. It doesn't hurt to ask a question. I hope I will never be a person who will be like, I don't have time to just answer this question. Like, I hope because I know that I needed that when I was first starting out. And I felt when you're doing this and yes, I have a design background. I went to, you know, design school, but it still is very um, lonely and also nerve wracking because you do not know what you do not know <laughs> you're like i i have questions i have and yeah just keep asking people like reach out if you have a question about working with an artist and you want to see you never know you never know what that artist might say you never know what the designer when i reach out to other designers because i have questions i have no idea if they will give me the brush off or if they will be like hey yeah i can answer that question for you real quick that's it it will help you grow It'll help if you're having a business. It'll help your business grow. It'll help you grow personally, just asking a simple question. So I would definitely say best thing you can do is ask questions, reach out to people and put yourself out there. I think I did a good job. I love it. That was good. You did a great job. You did a great job last time too. I just got to run the tape, but you totally did a great job. Y'all, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much to Cronora Irving and to Janine LaCour for speaking with us today about Black Magic Leopard. Thank you all so much for the gift that is this fabric. We are incredibly grateful. Thank you. You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. 
We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women's Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. 